uh, Skullboys. The Street Press Podcast with Sean Fraser. For a start, there are not enough white men doing podcasts. I've got to always support that when that comes along. I was talking to a mate today at a baby queue. We didn't cook a baby. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that yeah. was. I just want to thank you. Yeah, no, it was me. He wouldn't shake our hand until he finished putting on his glove. Imagine what he's like during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got you here for the podcast after your big night last oh. night, so I'm stoked with that. I get a thrill knowing that you're doing what you're doing. That's good. Well, I don't know what I'm doing today. We're just sort of just winging it. Did you moon Kylie Minogue? Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Street Press Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Fraser. I hope you've been doing well and, uh, and keeping well. This week on the Street Press Podcast, a, a guy that I found online, really. I mean, I was flicking through Instagram, flicking through Facebook, and uh, and this guy, Andrew, just kept popping up. Hey, when somebody asks you how you are, will you please just say you're fine? No, I don't care about your feelings. You never gave a damn about me or mine. And uh, it's got this pop punk sort of sound infused with a bit of Ed Sheeran. So I, I checked him out and I really dig his songs. And I went through a bit of his catalogue and after watching a couple of his videos where he was walking through the city, you know, forcing people to listen to his music, I was like, this guy's cool. I'm down with this dude. So his name's Andrew Lopez and he is a singer-songwriter pop punk artist from Sydney's inner west is doing pretty well at the moment. I mean, you could say he's relatively undiscovered in terms of maybe the commercial world, but if you jump on his Spotify, he's got over 13,000 monthly listeners. So what he's doing is doing favours for him at the moment. And we had a chat. I Well, I tracked him down first of all, and we started to chat about all things uh, music, but in particular marketing. And, you know, how you can appeal and push your music to the right people. You know, he's not putting these ads out so that his mum's friends can listen to his music. He's putting them out for people like me that would be interested in his music. And I think if you're an artist or a songwriter or in a band, this chat could be uh, of value to you. You can see the real power of Facebook and Instagram advertising. We also chat about, you know, a few of his songs. He did some work with Sarah Yarkey as well. We had her on the show a couple of weeks ago. If you heard that episode, she's lovely. But uh, he's preparing to write another song with her as well. And we also discussed the loneliness of not being in a band. I did it for about 10 years and, uh, you know, you do everything on your own. You lug your music, you write your songs, you record your songs, you do it all on your own. And we talk about how he gets through the loneliness of sort of being on his own at the moment. Obviously, he's got this pop punk sound. He's eventually going to get a bit of a band behind him, but we talk about that as well. Here's my chat with singer-songwriter from the Inner West, Andrew Lopez. Hey, man. How are you going? I'm good. How are you? Good. Obviously, working this microphone out. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> I should have had that uh, set. What have you been doing today? Uh, not too much. I actually... Um... Monday is a bit of a day off for me. That's my dog making that noise. So, no, I've just been um, hanging out with my girlfriend at her work for lunch with her. That's cool. Very good. Well, the podcast has already started. This is how casual it is. (laughs) 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 So, hey, it's really good to have you on. I first saw you on an ad, an Instagram ad. And I was uh, was listening to, I think it was Grow Up. And I was like, this is cool. 
This is really cool. How do you find those Instagram ads? Doing a lot for your career. I know a lot of people rave about them. Yeah, yeah. There's kind of two camps and I'm, um, I haven't done it long enough to know for sure which I'm in, but there's the camp of like, don't do it. You, like if you can't do it organically, it, it's not real. And then there's obviously the other camp, which is like, no, it works. Like I said, I'm sorting it out. All, all I know is that there are real people coming across my music because of that who are genuine fans, like genuine people who message me and say, this song is great, who look forward to my next release, you know, because I think there's a a misnomer that it's like essentially pay to win, but like you're just paying to get, it's like anything, it's like Apple advertisers and you're just paying to get the thing you're selling in front of people and, and they still have to like it based on its quality. When you release music, I suppose, like you could have your, your mum's friends on Facebook or yeah. something like that. And and obviously they might not be into music, but this way of using Facebook and Instagram ads is like a way of just dialing in the people that will care and people will listen to your music. So, well, I'm an example. <laughs> I found your song and it is the way forward, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like I said, you are a great example because one of the big things the other camp will say is like, oh, you might get people will listen to your music, but you won't get like the right people listening to your music. But you know, this is an opportunity that's come along because of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, I was looking at some of the videos that you got on your Instagram page and I really like the ones where you're sort of like, you're walking around the city and you're putting headphones on people and going, hey, listen to my song. That's a really creative way of doing it. Um, yeah, how, how what was that experience? It's good. I think, um, I think just through life, I'm pretty trained to um not care too much in those situations like i i I think other people would find it really embarrassing even sometimes like some of the setup i would just do it myself as in like i would just like i would i would have my phone and i'll play the music on my phone and then i would have another camera and just record it so it was a one-person job but sometimes even when i've tried to make it a two-person job and tried to get a friend to record so that i'm in frame they just get really embarrassed i'm like come on it's it's like it's fine (laughs) Yeah, you sort of got to have no shame, I suppose. Like, like you, your music's good and it's nice that you've got to get this music out to people and get more ears on it. And going up to randoms in the street, it's brave to do that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think what you just said, like, I, I think it's about, for me as an artist, so much of the coping is just by telling yourself, like, no, like, you've got good music, not in, like, an up yourself kind of way, but just being like, no, like, you've got good music, so if 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 there aren't that many fans yet or if people just turn it down they reject it you know it's just it's not it's not for them and that's fine like you got to not let it force you to question like oh crap maybe the music sucks Uh, because i think that's when it starts to crumble like uh, self-esteem wise but if you tell yourself no you've got you've got the music and now you're just on the journey that is marketing and it's a very hard abstract weird journey but that's just that's the game and that's fine and when you approach people like that in the middle of the city and you say, hey, listen, um, I suppose there's got to be a part of you that needs to be ready to cop criticism. Um, <laughs> so you must take criticism pretty well. Yeah, man, but you just don't upload those ones unless they're funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It does hold people back, though, doesn't it? Like some musicians worry they get too much in their own head about you know, what their music sounds like or whether people will like it or not. But, you know, you'll never progress as an artist, will you, if you don't, you know, actually take some of that on board. Yeah. And something I always tell myself as well is that if you think of even like the world's biggest artists, like Ed Sheeran, Billie Eilish, whatever, you come across a lot of people that don't like them. 
Yeah. You know, it's, it, being a successful artist is about finding the people that do like your music and, you know, sort of uniting them and being able to mobilize them. But even the world's biggest artists have possibly even a majority of people, you know, like I've yeah. probably possibly come across more people who are sick of Ed Sheeran than like his music, you know. I was going to use Ed Sheeran as an example. Yeah, there are people like, obviously, I, I rate him highly. Very, I think he's one of the best of, of all time when it comes to songwriting and coming up with melodies and stuff. But uh, you've got a room of 100 people. I'm sure that, the, you know, there is a, a minority of people that will probably say that he sucks. Yeah, absolutely. And then if they think he sucks, then I must really suck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, I saw that you, um, you did a track uh, with Seriyaki. Yeah, I did a I did a track called Best Friend uh with Sarah, which is um yeah, funnily enough, I just played a sofa gig with her. Which I so I just um yeah, we were happened to be on the same night of that, which was awesome. Uh and that was yeah, that was a cool chance to reconnect. Yeah, we had her um on the show a couple of weeks ago and it just so happened to be like there's no connection here between you and her and me yeah, yeah. getting you know, it just so happened to be. I was like I, yeah. I heard that song yeah. and I was like, Oh, we only just had her on. Um tell me about this project that you got at the moment. When did it start? I can only find songs from sort of last year, this year, that kind of thing. Yeah, so that's it. I've I, I have only been releasing music for two years. Wow. And even with then I think I you know, hinting at that sort of style of evolution I went through. I released three songs at the start of last year, and then I kind of went through a crisis as an artist where I just lost all confidence, stopped mm. releasing music for the whole rest of the year. And then it's only since um, since the start of this year where I've said, okay, I know what my style is and I've been really consistent with it. I've released like a song in January, February, an EP in March, and then since then a couple couple singles, releasing another song uh, August 25th. Uh, that's the next one. Oh, and cool. uh, yeah, it's basically just, I think I started writing songs when I was about 20. And I've always loved, I'm 26 now, I've always, so I'm a bit late to the game and I've had to kind of live with that. Um, but I've always loved music. And it was kind of just this odd, I, th- I think if you look at my personality, you could probably see a creative mind and see a quite like broody, emotive mind. But I just never tried songwriting. It was just never one of the ways that I would vent things. But then, but then some. It, it, then one day it just was, and it just never really stopped from there. And I've been trying to kind of draw on my influences and arrive on a sound that I like. I've kind of gone through stages. I uh, I grew up on like all the pop punk, like both the sort of late nineties, early two thousands classics, like Blink One Eighty Two, Some Forty One, all that. And then the second wave, or you know. Neck deep story so far. So good. Baseball, all those bands love them too. I know you call it like sad pop punk. I think it says on one of your um one of your accounts. Yeah. How, how do you feel about being vulnerable like that? I can obviously can see it in a lot of your lyrics that you um they're obviously about real happenings, things that have actually happened and stuff. Um, how do you feel about opening up like that? Is that easy for you? Yeah, it's it's I I find it quite easy actually. I think the main thing is is um the extent to which you're okay with that impacting relationships you have in real life, you know, mm. um, like the extent to which my current girlfriend is insecure about me, right. is you know, putting out songs from the past and needing to assure her that it's not indicative of anything wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's, um, 
I think it's similar in, in general with music that it's like, I think the hardest thing is how it interacts with like the people you know really well in real life, like your actual circle of friends and family. In terms of embarrassment as well, it's like you're most embarrassed by what that they think. But then the mm-hmm. idea of that song going out to just random people in the world and it's like, okay, a lot of people will hear this and not like it, but a bunch of people will hear this and really connect with it and really yeah, like feel a connection with you because of what you're willing to say. And it's like, that's, that's awesome. Like it's, that's worth, that's yeah. worth the cost. You say that you've only been writing songs for six years. Um, do you sort of wish you started, you know, when you were 10 or whatever, because oh, absolutely, I've been doing it a long time as well. Um, yeah. And, and I'd be so lost without it. You know, is that how you feel with songwriting now? Like there's no way you're going to give this thing up now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, like I said, once once you reach that sort of self-belief that the music is good and that the music has an audience, I feel like I'm a lot of I'm at a lot of peace now with whatever happens. Like I can just say, cool, like some people will like this music, whether it ever becomes a, a ton of people and I get huge success or fame is, you know, up in the air and a bit of luck involved. But I can just keep plodding along, putting out songs, doing whatever else I do in life to sustain myself and some people will will benefit from that. Are you uh, writing, recording from home? Like, how's how's that set up for you? No way, no. I um, yeah. Every now and then, people assume I'm like this mastermind producer doing it all, but it's absolutely not true. I'm the songwriter. Like, nobody's um, nobody so far has had a co-write with me. Everything I've put out is stuff that I've written, but all the yeah. production I've always gone to, I've always gone to pros. Lately, especially all the pop punk songs have been uh, with Fletcher, who. He's, he's just like massive in the scene. He like I went to a gig that had like four bands, and I think he produced like for like three of them. Produced for <laughs> for Dear Seattle, Trophy Eyes, The Boys. We're in good company. Hey, those but sorts I of, of teenage Jones because I know you had her on recently. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah, that they're, they're another band that I sort of just had to hunt down. I was like, you know, I just I really enjoy their music and um and their style and yeah. They're just a great band, especially for a two-piece. It's just insane what yeah, the, the I think sound I've they seen put out. More than any other band, I just oh really going yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. And and when you take a song to Fletcher, how much does the song change from that demo to what is put out on Spotify? Yeah, so my demos have always been just me, like a, a voice memo on my phone of me singing and playing the song acoustically, and so obviously getting to like this big sort of punk rock band sound is the that's the journey in terms of how much the actual song changes the last few i brought to him the the actual like structures of the song like barely changed at all because he was like these are good but he was actually really helpful and, and important to me with the first song that we made together which i haven't actually released yet but he just really pushed me to um like be more critical about the structure and the patterns and, you know, rhyming patterns. I'm always intrigued by what producers can do, you know. So some artists aren't really willing to let too much happen in that process. Some people mm-hmm. are just like, hey, I wrote this, chop it, cut it, do whatever you want with it. But uh, I always love that process. You said you live in the inner west. Lots of places to play. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I'm I'm not as in the network as I'd like to be. I think uh, I think again a, a bit of the a bit of a victim of this like the being in between genres. And I'm now I think now that I'm sort of picking a lane more strongly, I'm building a much better network of mates and other bands in the genre. And I think shows will come, 
But for until recently, it's been a much more like solitary journey, I think. Does it get lonely? It can, it can. I mean, I, like, I think there's a lot, I think there's a lot more pressure being a solo artist as mm. well, because I think like if you form a band with, with yourself and three other mates, then there's sort of four people coping with that pressure, four people who can say, yeah. hey, I have a gig, come if you're my friend. And if the gig flops, you can just blame it on the bandmates. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just one, because I, I did a gig where, um, like that so far gig, all I all I did was add add in a drummer. It was a very sort of like stripped back acoustic set, and the drummer like he didn't even say anything. Like he you know he was lively. He was happy to be there, but like I was still pulling the weight in terms of like the the banter and addressing the crowd. But just having that person there, just I I felt like it made me feel so much more at ease. Like it helped me as a front person just to have yeah. someone else on with me. Do you foresee that you'll have a full band when you start? Because, I mean, some of the songs that you've got out at the moment, I mean, it's got the whole kit and caboodle. Like. Yeah, I, um, I think the, the very sort of foreseeable future is that I'll be a sort of two-piece kind of like Teenage Jones. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, I think that's achievable. I think I just don't have enough reliable mates and I definitely don't have the budget for like session musicians. To- I, that's why you're like, um, I'm very fortunate with my band. I've, you know, we're they're they're great musos and my friends you know so mm. but i know what you mean if you've got to rely on session musos where you got to pay them the industry is a bit uh yeah <laughs> how do you say it? <laughs> there's not a lot of money around at the moment so yeah. it, it's hard to uh especially in a cost of living crisis trying to pay them and stuff but uh, I, I can see how that could be hard yeah and i actually um i i was in bands like a few years ago I would jump and forth between a few bands, but um, yeah, it was actually the fact that they were so unreliable or like, it seemed like nothing would happen. And I sort of realized like, wait, like in, in our songwriting sessions, it's really mostly me just being like, Hey, I have a song yeah, and just bringing it to them. And I sort of realized like, wait, like th- there's not that much utility in this. I think I could, I think I could manage better if I just was a solo musician and that's how it started. And now I'm kind of feeling it the other way of like, Oh, would be would be cool to have a. <laughs> have you still got their numbers? <laughs> it, see, I I did the same. I I was solo for ten years, but I've always loved pop punk and and punk. So mm. when I was in high school, I was playing in a punk band, and then I did solo for ten years, and then I just had that itch, like I need to do the pop punk thing again. Mm. And um, that's the thing. You look around and you go. Well, who's still doing this genre? Are there, you know, there... <laughs> yeah, I know that there are a lot of bands, but they're all established. But it's, mm. it's hard to just look around and go, right? Who wants to play in a pop punk band with me? And yeah, yeah. And uh, so, but it, it would be great to come and catch you live when you get a band going. Well, tell us about this new single, August twenty five. You're saying? Yeah, yeah. So new single. It's called Grey Hoodie. I'm pretty happy with it. It's uh, it's a song that I've uh, I've had for a long time. And it's actually uh, funny what you said before. Like this song actually has gone through a lot of evolutions where I actually had it fully produced, but sort of more in my singer songwritery kind of vibe. And then I was like, well, nah, like this has to be a pop punk song. So obviously yeah. that's it. Go and get it reproduced. But yeah, it's at a point where I'm really happy with it. I think it really, like it epitomizes what I'm trying to do more so than any other song so far in terms of that 
like happy, sad pop punk, like music that if you listen to the lyrics, it's a bit sad and heartbroken, but like you just feel good and you feel this sense of catharsis when you just like move to the music. That sounds good. It sounds like it's going to be a, uh, a cracking tune and it's got obviously all the pop punk elements, like you said, Absolutely. the band, yeah. band playing. Have you got other songs recorded and ready or do you go into the studio one at a time? Uh, a bit of both. I, um, at the moment, I've got I've got the year planned out. You got another song for October, uh, and another, and then one more for December. That's kind of just like a like a. Uh, it's definitely not as big a production as the other songs. It's, it's, it's kind of like a Christmas present. And then yeah, and then at some point, I've got to figure out all the songs for next year. I've got I know what songs I think are good and what songs I'd like to be produced for next year, but I've got to go fork up the money and make it happen. It's cool that you're thinking. That- so far ahead there's a lot of bands that sort of they just go oh i'll just record a bunch of songs and i'll just release them at random times and hope for the best but it looks like you've got sort of that business mind or mentality and you've got things i think it's the best way to do it how you're doing it every three months Mm. dropping a song or something talk me through that marketing sort of style that you've got do you find that every three months dropping a song it's it's starting to you know the data's going up you're getting more streams is is it really working for you yeah, yeah, I think so, and I, I think you've you've got to find the balance, uh, not letting people get sick of you, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, or, or like not throwing things at people fast and they can keep up. Like you want, you don't want to sort of undercut yourself and put out a new song before people have finished enjoying the last one, you know. But you don't want to let people forget about you either. Yeah, I think I, I think I've been striking a good balance. Streams are definitely going up things are seem to be compounding that's the goal i think um music is such a loss leading business as well like you've you've got to especially with like with the ads and stuff you've got to accept yeah, making you- a loss for a, for a while until you hit that critical mass that sustains itself and yeah i hope that'll happen well that's what they reckon they reckon like if you can get you know 11 12 i think you're up, up near this but 11 12000 monthlies listeners mm-hmm. it'll start making you money you know it becomes yeah. It becomes a viable thing then, and uh, it looks like you're you're well and truly on your way. Yeah, that's the hope. Yeah. All right, Andrew. Thanks so much for jumping on the Street Press podcast. I'm going to uh, make sure that I listen to that new single. Thank you very much. It'd be great to have you back on again towards the back end of the year, or even early next year. See how you're doing. But uh, thanks for jumping on, man. Thank you so much, Catcher. Thanks for the opportunity. Yes, there he is, Andrew Lopez. Go check him out. Find him on Spotify, Apple Music. You know where to go. Uh, his last name is spelt L-O-P-E-Z. I'm pretty sure most Lopez's are spelt that way, but I just thought I'd just, just in case you want to go check him out. All right, it's time for this. Yes, one of our favorite parts of the show, right? Letters. This is where you can write on in. Go to the streetpresspodcast.com forward slash letters. You write it, I'll read it. Uh, I've also got a link in the show notes if you don't want to put the bloody URL in. This week from Gary, he says he wants to see more videos posted to the Street Press Podcast YouTube page. Um, I am getting around to it. (laughs) There's there's just so many things at the moment that I'm doing. I'm preparing for a wedding. Um, Excuses, excuses. Obviously doing the band stuff, but yes, the video stuff sort of gets left by the wayside. Um, but I will have a look at that. I've got so many videos that I can post on the street press podcast, YouTube page and, uh, and they will, they will filter out. They will in due time. I have been a bit slack there. So sorry, Gaza. Uh, as for my band, the Rizzy kids, well, 
got a secret gig on this Friday, oh, Saturday it is, at a warehouse in West Gosford, which is going to hopefully pump. Um, if you if you know me well enough, maybe you can hit me up and I can give you the address. <laughs> it's going to be wild, apparently. Uh, the guy that's hosting it has told me that uh, he's hoping for 200 people. They've got, a, they've got a keg, they've got a stage built, they're building a stage, and apparently they've done a mural of the Ritzy Kids <laughs> Inside, inside the warehouse, which I am so keen to see. So that's happening this Saturday. But don't forget, the Ritzy Kids have got the EP show. It's at the Lincoln Pin in Woi Woi, Friday the 22nd of September. Uh, we are counting down the days until that. It's going to be awesome. We're going to uh, play the EP in full, Walking Talking Mess, which was released uh, a bit over a month ago, which has uh, been going really well. We're really proud of that. And uh, it's just going to be sick to be able to play it in front of people. It's a free show, Lincoln Pin in Woo Woo. It's Friday night, September 22. It's starting to get warm then. Let's hope. And uh, we'll have a cracking cracking night out the back. The event page is going off, which is great to see as well. Um, I think that'll do for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and having a listen. Hopefully, I've got your ears back here next week. Until then, ta-da. Ta-da.